0: This is For the Neighborhoods and Nations, a podcast of the Church of the United Brethren in Christ. My name is Brian Biedenbach, and I'm here with Bishop Todd Fetters. Hey, Brian. For this first season of the podcast, we've been talking about the eight core values that serve to define and unite the United Brethren churches around the world. And in today's conversation, we're talking about the seventh core value that states we esteem each other.
1: I esteem you, Brian. <laughs> well
0: well, thank you, Todd. I I esteem you as well. Yeah. I, we'll whatever, talk about what that means here in a minute. I,
1: <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but it sounds good. And I gotta say though, I have fully appreciated your expertise in this project, both in the production side, the interviewing side, all of that stuff. And I hope today that that uh uh, we'll get to hear even what you're thinking about with some of these. But uh, yeah. I'm looking, you know, where we're doing this in my office, I'm looking out the window. Spring has sprung. This this project has gone over a period of time where there was snow flying, That's wind blowing, right. rain falling. And That's now right. Beautiful Keys locked spring in weather. cars and yes. bad weather.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've experienced quite a bit together over the, the course of this project, Todd. Yeah. it's It's been a lot of fun. We are nearing the end of it, though. We're, That's right. Um, the core value seven of eight. Core so value
1: got- seven of eight, which means uh, there's just this one in the next week that we'll do together, and these are these are two that really kind of go together. They do, um, yeah. the The idea that we esteem each other and that we link with the larger church, they both have uh, uh, overtones of connectionism. That's right. uh, a big word in our denomination, but just the, the, that we that we link up well. With other Within the broad evangelical church.
0: I agree. The two do seem to go together as I was preparing for this. And it seems like core value seven, that we esteem each other, feels more in-house, if I can say that, within the denomination. And then the eighth one about we link with the larger church is more connectedness because it's who we are internally. It's who we should be externally with others, other
1: like-minded partners as well. We'll get there. That second one really talks about, you know, the big C letter C church versus the small C church, which is the United Brethren in Christ or any other denomination or any over the local church uh, is considered little C uh, church. So yeah, I think that's a good way of understanding uh, how these two dovetail nicely with each other.
0: Yeah. So we joked as we let in about that word esteem and I'll be honest, I looked it up. You yeah. know, I pulled out a thesaurus. Well, I didn't pull out. A th- I typed in a thesaurus on my my laptop, right? Because I had an idea of what the word esteem meant, yeah. right? And it was, to me, it was encourage and value and appreciate one another, which is exactly what the thesaurus said. So I wasn't wrong there. But I think as you dive into the the rest of the core values, not just that summary statement, we dive into the rest of it, There's, it's so much more than... Hey, I really appreciate you, Todd. Right? You know, I really value you, Todd. You're a good friend. It's so much
1: richer and deeper than that, right? Absolutely. It 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 goes deep into the core of the dignity of every person, the value, the worth of what we bring to each other. And when I think of this, there's a biblical passage that comes to my mind, and that's uh, Philippians chapter two, one through Mm -hmm. four. Uh, People are very familiar coming out of Easter, probably with two. Verses five through eleven, right. which is the Christ hymn, and ends with "Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord." But two one through four really is setting it up in such a way that Paul says, "I want you to have this adi- this everything I've just said in these four verses have this attitude of Christ typify you." So let me let me just read uh, Philippians chapter two verses one through four, and I think we'll get a real good picture. Uh, Biblical picture of what esteem can look like. So Paul writes about this unity through humility. He writes, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and sympathetic? That's a lot of questions Paul's asking, kind of setting it up for this moment. He says, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other loving one another, and working together with one heart and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. And don't think only about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and what they are doing. And so I think there's some versions of this that do talk about esteeming others more yeah. highly than you esteem yourself. Yeah, and that's
0: That's not easy to do. It's not easy to do, and I think that, in my mind, sums up what we're talking about today. I think you're right. It, it feels like if we had to rewrite the core value mm-hmm. in language that Paul would write it in, it would be those four verses, right. right?
1: Right, well, and then and then tie in verse five. Your attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had, uh, who was to consider the Father's will over his own. So, so Paul is really, you know, hinging... F- one through four and six through 11 on the attitude and example of Jesus. So he's putting us in that position again, yeah, where we are to model or mimic the model of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, mimic's not a good word. Mirror, let's use that one. There you go. We're to mirror <laughs> his example and his model. And man, that, that just takes us back to how important it is that the Holy Spirit is shaping Christ inside of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's a, as we've done in the past, there's a
0: couple phrases that I wanted to pull out of this core value. And one of them... Love it when we do that. Yeah. It it just really helps me understand more than just, you know, the the four or five words that Mm -hmm. summarize it, right? So this first one, it says, says, we recognize that what happens at any of our churches matters to each of us. And your your head went right to Philippians two, right when we were talking yes. about this. Mine went to like pop culture. Okay. And there's a scene in the Spider Man movie from like 2003. Is that when it came? Are out? we
1: talking the Tobey Maguire? Well, Toby Maguire, okay. right. the
0: the original, the first Tobey Maguire one. Okay. And it's the scene where he's he's saving Mary Jane mm-hmm. and the the. Tram car that's on the cable, and he's at the bridge in Brooklyn, and Green Goblin's after him. Right? Okay. And they're all the New Yorkers gather on the bridge, and they're throwing stuff. And the one guy yells out, "We're New Yorkers! You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us." Okay. Right. Yeah. And it's not quite the same thing here, but that's where my brain went. That we're in this together, no matter what the mission. It's not you mess with us, we're fighting back. (laughs) But it's we're we're in this mission together. So I'm getting behind you. In the mission that you're on, because we esteem each other in that mission, and we move forward together. So, what
1: you suffer, I suffer. Mm-hmm. What you celebrate, I celebrate with you. That's very biblical in that regard, right? Mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice, uh, and we are also all called together to be part of this great divine assignment that Jesus has given us to go make disciples. Right. So, yes, we are. We are connected. We're connected in Christ. Because we're connected in Christ, we're connected with each other, and because we're connected with Christ and each other, He's given us an assignment to go connect together. You know, in 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 fulfilling that divine assignment, which means proclaim the gospel yeah. in many ways and and live it out. So, I, I like this idea that that because we're connected through Jesus to each other and we're on mission together, yeah mess with one of us, mess with all of us. (laughs) And, um, I, I could see that being a bit of a rally, a rallying cry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's not twist it too much though. Right. right? Well, (laughs) that's the preacher in me, right.
1: That looks at illustrations. And I remember my dad used to say every illustration, you know, rests on, on, you know, three legs, you know, eventually you run out of, um, you know, orthodoxy—it falls apart at some point. <laughs> at some point, yeah. That's my what my old English teacher used to tell me. Yeah, um, yep. every analogy falls apart at some point. Yeah. So we'll 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 stop.
0: <laughs> uh, the other one, there's two others that jumped out at me. One of them says we co- we cooperate with each other to accomplish more for the kingdom than we could do by ourselves. And that one to me speaks to, we've talked about mission, gospel mission and unity, the mm-hmm. three words that you, you use. Um, this one to me speaks to mission and unity, that when we come together, there's so much more that we can accomplish than just the
1: sum of what we could do individually. We've talked a lot, well, in the earlier episodes about our history, and, mm-hmm. and it just brings me back there again. I, I love and, and, and embrace a 255-year history where a broad group of evangelical uh, pastors banded together to become the United Brethren in Christ. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a denomination. It was a movement. And what are we going to call ourselves? We're going to call ourselves this. We're United Brethren uh, in Christ. And so, yeah, they were, they were together cooperating on pointing people to an experiential life and relationship with Jesus not necessarily calling them to embrace the finer points of doctrine or the maybe the rigid organizational structure of their churches mm-hmm. and the the duties that that were maybe starting to now be used as a way of defining maturity right it was no let's let's make sure that it comes back to to jesus and and i think that's Brian, I think you know again tying it to something we talked about previously. This idea of abiding in Christ—that's what they're calling for. And when I think of the United Brother in Christ as a as a denomination, we embrace what is called a connectional system. And to me, that's a form of abiding. Yeah, you know, our our churches, our, our we as brothers and sisters are abiding in Christ, and 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 as churches, we're abiding in Christ as denomination. We're striving to abide in Christ, and and not only as a as a national denomination, but as a global denomination with uh, with with national conferences in Canada or Jamaica or uh, um, a mission district in Haiti or uh, national conference in Nicaragua, Guatemala, you know wherever we may be, uh, Hong Kong, we there we are. We're, we're striving to abide in Jesus. And so this idea of yeah, what happens in one of our churches, it matters to all of us, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of us.
0: I, I like that you brought it back to abiding because that was, that's something that I have come to understand over the years. And right. so I use, and we even use it at national conference a little bit, but we dug really deep into it at the pastor's conference yep, we, we did uh, in April 22, I believe. Yep. And this idea of abiding together and, uh, you know, abiding is something that I do, right. Abiding is something that you do, but mm-hmm. I understood there was something missing in in the content that I was trying to put together, right? Right in three story, there's something that we're. I feel like there's a piece missing, and I came to understand that it's this connectivity. Mm-hmm. It's this abiding together when we follow Jesus together intentionally. We have conversations together intentionally. We pray together intentionally. That were things that were happening. But we called them something different. We put them in a different box. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I recognize, no, this is what it is. This is abiding together. Mm-hmm. There's more that can come from this when we do this more intentionally now, together. Right. And so I think there's there's power in that. Uh, I you know you, we were talking earlier too about my my experience in the denomination. Yeah. And that was one thing that jumped out at me right away is I wouldn't have used the word esteem, but okay. The, But the connectedness of this denomination. When I came in in 2003 as a middle school pastor in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and two months later, three months later, was sitting at a youth summit at Fowlerville UB Church in Michigan, where Bill Blue was at the time, Mm -hmm. with... Youth workers from across the country, mostly Eastern United States, because that's where most of our churches are. But yeah. we were all together in this one place. And I thought this would have never happened in a previous denomination that I had served. We were just not that connected. Okay, And so I appreciated, that's one thing from the beginning that I've always appreciated about this denomination is the the interconnectedness, that we're in this together, we're on mission together and we want to support and value one another and esteem each other.
1: Right. All throughout. So Brian, as as you as you put yourself back in that that space yeah. in those moments. I'm sure there was a functional benefit to that connection. Oh yeah, 100%. So maybe maybe expand upon that a little bit, but also, was there a relational benefit? Was there was there a uh, that benefited you spiritually? You know, what did it feel like to be connected with individuals that that at first you didn't know? Yeah. But, but talk, yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah.
0: Functionally first, Mm -hmm. uh, because that's what you ask first, this idea that we, it was the youth summit and we came together to learn together. Mm -hmm. There was no outside speaker that someone brought in. And this was a conference that we brought someone in to, to lead for us. It was this group of people, this cohort of youth workers that said, we want to, get better together. Okay, And one of the guys led, but he was part of it Mm -hmm. and engaged in conversation when we had small groups and he was part of the activities we did. And it was somebody that was part of the body. So functionally, I just had this modeled for me that this group of youth workers in this particular denomination want to grow together, Mm -hmm. want to get better at what they do with young people, but they want to dive deeper in their faith together and help each other in that sense too. So functionally that was part of it, but I got to a point where people started recognizing some of the things that I was sharing Mm. as, Hey, can you say that again? Hey, can you, you know, write that down? Can you? And so I eventually joined the team that was putting the, those youth summits together. And so it felt valued in that too, that I was the new guy Mm -hmm. for several years but they were listening to things that I was sharing and I was Mm -hmm. contributing because I felt welcome enough to share. Mm -hmm. So the functional piece of that, for sure, I grew tremendously as a youth worker and felt I had
1: a place to contribute functionally through that. Relationally, that was the key. And this is the part also of abiding together. What was the spiritual benefit of abiding together? Yeah, and I was just going to say that the key to that was the relationships Mm -hmm. that,
0: were built there. They trusted me. I trusted them because we trusted that we were in Christ, Mm -hmm. that we were, we were abiding together. And we, we walked through exercises together that had nothing to do with youth ministry. Okay. And it it was, let's dig into scripture together. Let's pray together. Let's talk about, we got to know each other's families through this and what was happening. And so there was this whole interconnectedness that wasn't
1: just functional youth ministry stuff. It was life, spirituality and work. So, so you were part of a group that over time, as you, as you connected at the, at the functional level, it got personal. Very much so. You know, where, where it was, uh, you know, in your case, how, how, how's Amy? Yeah. You know, how are the kids? How are you guys doing? Yeah, very much so. To me, I think that's such a great value of, of being connected together in that regard. Because individuals can see us, they can see us over time. they can see us at our best, they can see us at our worst. They can see if our worst is dragging out way too long, right and start asking questions about what what's going on? Yeah you know you, you've, you've seemed down for some time or you've been you've been talking about the same individual over and over again. Uh, when, when are you when are you going to have that conversation, yeah, you know about the the, the rift that's been growing? You know, uh, demonstrating that they're concerned far more uh, about you personally than just your success as a youth leader. I, that's what I'm picking up yeah, from what you're saying. Absolutely. I just remember I could give you really specific
0: examples. I won't for the sake of the podcast, right. but I could give you really specific examples of conversations that started in the room mm-hmm. there that progressed to when we eventually moved the summit to Florida, that progressed to the beach. We're kicking soccer balls around, we're playing volleyball, we're tossing Frisbees. And these conversations continued that people were really wrestling Mm. with things that were happening in life and ministry back home. And so gave us opportunities then to, hey, let's just pull away, let's grab a cup of coffee, get away from everything else, and let's talk and let's pray together. Uh, and, And those conversations continued even when we got home because of the relationship that started. Because of the interconnectedness of who we were, and
1: when you say "got home," you you came to Fort Wayne, right? Others would have gone back to maybe Chambersburg or Pennsylvania, Michigan or Virginia, wherever. Florida. Yeah, you just Michigan. kept it going, though. Absolutely, and and that's again what I love about being connected in Christ. It doesn't matter where we are; we can we can remain connected, yeah. whether it's through an email, a phone, a text, a call, or you know, just driving to get. Somewhere, but but, thanks for sharing that because I I it I want us to understand and value that our connections go beyond just our competencies, right? They they are important in the formation of our character. They're they're important in in the development of our faith, the deepening of our faith, and uh, so as you're talking about the youth summit, I'm thinking of. You know, uh, a major part of our denomination's organizational structure is that of clusters. Yeah, you know, where six to eight pastors gather together in their region six times a year to think about okay, what are number one how to how to encourage one another and spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's a Hebrews ten reference. Right. Um, but it's also what are what are some ways that we can even work together in our community in our region. Um, and uh, but yeah,' it's, it's having those conversations of deepening faith. I remember in 2005 when we launched the cluster system, the model, I was tapped to be cluster leader for uh, out in Pennsylvania. And uh, I remember I remember struggling with what, what am I going to do? Mm. I didn't feel particularly successful and fruitful as a pastor at, at, in 2005. And I wasn't sure what I was going to bring to the table, sure. in in that area. And and I remember praying it through and saying, "Okay, God, I need I need some sort of sense of what my value to this group is." Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I encountered a, a book by Reggie McNeil called "A Work of Heart." Okay, he identifies six ways in which uh, we are being shaped in our calling, and uses the example of Moses and David and Paul and Jesus. Uh, in that, so it's it. It was always a very helpful book, and I just decided, okay, I can speak to the internal issues or the internal uh, parts of the pastor's life. Mm-hmm. That'll be, I can I can do that. I can live there, and as long as they're willing to go there with me. And what I found was that th- that cluster was more than willing to to be able to go there uh, because it gave them a little bit of a respite from talking about you know different things that they had been focused on as far as, you know, church growth in their particular location or how to overcome whatever. We would talk about those things, but we were, we were doing so, uh, we were considering the doing after we were focused on the being with Christ. Yeah, Right. So that, that old adage of, of of, my doing for Christ should flow out of my being with Christ. That's kind of a, um, um, mantra that that we use but yeah again showing that in our connections we are concerned about fruitfulness but we're also focused on the faithfulness of the of the servant right. faithfulness of the messenger faithfulness of the person in all facets of their life yeah it's you know it, it reminds me uh
0: days sitting around Going back to the youth summit days, sitting around the table with the leadership team, mm-hmm. planning the next one, who who's going to do what and yeah. all that stuff. And we just started, ha- and I may have mentioned this on a previous episode, I can't remember, but the conversation just came up like, wouldn't it be great if all of our pastors did this? Yeah. And we actually, we prayed about that and said, oh, that'd be great. We should talk about that. We should share it. As naive youth workers, <laughs> we thought it'd be a great idea, but none of us really thought it would ever happen. Yeah, but we prayed about it, and so we we look at what's going on now with beyond national conference, the right. associate summits, the pastor summits that are happening every other year, I believe. started
1: that, in 2012. Yeah. You know, so whenever you started praying, it took that long. Yeah. I don't know how long that is. Yeah, but, I don't remember dates. Uh, but 2012 when, was the first pastor and spouse summit, and we've done those every two years since. Yeah,
0: and I just, again, it just takes me back to the, the idea that we're in this together, yeah. and we're part of a denomination that that wants to do that. Yes. That it wasn't an out there concept when these young, naive youth workers pitched this crazy idea that it was like, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Because we are in this together. And
1: I and I'm glad you did because the what we found and you you and and Roger were able to be part, Roger Vizot were able to be part of our, our summit last mm-hmm. year. Right. Focusing on three story living and abiding together. We find that those moments, yeah, there's there's some some exposure to to training and equipping and material. But I always it, it's it's a joy for me to watch how different relationships form and different connections form uh, in, in wherever the the summit is held and how that continues. Uh, beyond that. You know, you talk about the U-Summit, I talk about clusters, but I would also say another form of our connection, and it's going to be coming up here this summer, is our national conference. Yeah. And this is another way in which we demonstrate we're better together. Uh, we come together, that's a theme that we'll be having this year, because we're going to focus on the idea of unity. You know, Philippians 2, uh, 1-4 to is, is a passage that's resonating in me and, and beating in my heart. But at national conference, the theme will be come together. And when we do come together, we come together to worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we find inspiration from teaching. We come together to do some business, which we're going to do because we believe in the 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 collective voice uh, of of our delegates, ministerial and lay delegates. We're going to come together and and fellowship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just. Appreciate the various outlets that we have and the various venues we have for calling people to connect. Yeah. So,
0: Todd, there's another phrase uh, in kind of wrapping up this core value that says, we value the counsel of the brethren, meaning the collective wisdom and advice of our fellow believers. Mm-hmm. And again, another pop culture reference... <laughs> for yeah. me good comes in the the fellowship of the ring the lord of the rings movie the first one fellowship of the ring and the council of elrond mm-hmm. if, if for those who haven't seen it the, the all the characters get together from the different their different backgrounds right you've got the hobbits and you've got the men and you've got the the uh uh what is, what's gimli he's a dwarf okay uh, the dwarves and the, the elves are, they're all together and these, these groups of people that don't typically fight with one another and fight for, fight, they fight with one another, not for one another. Okay. But they come together for a singular purpose, a mm-hmm. singular mission. Mm-hmm. And when when that council decides that this is what we're going to do, they're all in. Mm-hmm. Even though individually they had selfish motives for different things. When the council decided, they said, okay, we'll submit to this council now let's go complete the mission, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what comes to mind initially when I think. I know this is much more than yeah. some silly movie, right? Some great movie, yeah. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, for you as you think about the council, of the brethren, what what comes to mind when you think of what that means?
1: Well, I like I like the illustration. It reminds me of the idea that that our fellowship. Is of difference, yes, uh, and I don't mean difference. R e n c e. I'm thinking D-I-F-F-R-E-N-T-S. we're different. Yes, all of us are different, um, but we're but we're brought into relationship through Jesus Christ. Yes, and so again we come back to this idea that we are indwelt by the Spirit. Um, the Spirit is going to be speaking to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm as interested in what the spirit might be saying to you regarding something in about my faith or my faithfulness or faithlessness. I want a brother or a sister to be able to speak into that in my life. That's what the council of the brethren means. Yeah. To me is that somebody who's chosen to be in the connection.
0: I think that's, that's key. Let's focus there. Okay. It's a choice, right? Yes. It's, you you can choose to be part of this or not, right? If you're in, this is what we're submitting to. It's right. the Council of the Brethren,
1: right? We are agreeing to these core values. We're ag- adhering to our confession of faith, right? The, these core values are are the ethos of who we are, and so we respect the Council of the Brethren. And usually, I think that that really kind of speaks to uh, Jesus in with where two or three are gathered in my name. Mm. There I am in the midst of them, and that's a particularly Difficult passage dealing with you know how we deal with conflict, right. but when two or three are coming to you, pay attention. Yeah, yeah. You know, even even one with Jesus is a majority in that <laughs> regard to, to some degree. I don't want to overstate that or overinflate its importance, but I do think this council of the brethren, when 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 brothers and sisters are coming to me, maybe maybe it's a board of administration wanting to talk to a pastor, maybe it's. Uh, maybe it's it's a small group wanting to talk with one of their members when that council is courageous enough and and teams it with humility amazing amazing changes can happen mm. for the betterment of uh of of ourselves or maybe even the the flock that we're tending and caring for and leading if 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 we're talking about pastors or even you know as a bishop um, but to ignore the counsel of the brother, and in my opinion, is a very lonely place to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a couple words that stuck out in what you just shared was courage and humility, mm-hmm. and something I said too that it just reminded me of those two words is submission. Mm-hmm. The courage to to act mm-hmm. and the courage even to submit, mm-hmm. uh, but it's based on this posture of humility. And this idea that it, it rests on the back of relationship, mm-hmm. ultimately, a, a trusting relationship that I'm abiding in Jesus, you're abiding in Jesus, we're both abiding in Jesus, and I see something that I need to bring to you, and your courage and humility to say, okay, I want to listen to that. Yeah. What do we do with it? Yeah.
1: And Brian, I think all of us, I, 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 you know, people who are listening to this, I, I think can go back into a moment recent or in long distance where they truly met up with one person or a group of people who came in and just said, we need to bring something to your attention. Yeah. Whether it was how you, how, how I spoke, you know, an action that you did, but the council of brethren's come in not to be judgmental, but saying in a sense, we know the struggle. Mm-hmm. We face the struggle. We're here to let you know we see your struggle, and we want to be helpful. That's the counsel of the brethren in, in, in that form. And I do, think, I do think that it is a form of what Paul is saying, consider others more highly than yourselves, because that's hard to do. Yes, very much. It is hard to follow the nudge and prompting of the Spirit and go into that kind of situation, but you're considering someone else's esteem, uh, are esteeming them more highly than yourself in the sense of your own, your own, you know, peace of mind or safety or whatever, whatever, whatever fear you might have in going into that situation Yeah, uh, with people. But again, it's it, the, the council of the brother is not a ganging up thing, right?
0: Yeah. Not at all. I think that's a, I think this is a good place to wrap up. Yeah the episode we started with philippians we started with esteeming one another as a group as yeah. a denomination and we brought it all the way down to the individual level yeah. that this this matters not just to us collectively this matters to me individually that we esteem and value each other enough to submit to one another to champion one another yeah. and to to partner with one another and abide together in in all that we do in this mission of the united brethren in church
1: Brian, you landed it well. Thank you for um, taking me into that conversation. Yeah, and, and for the and for the exchange. And we got for one left. Landing it well, absolutely. I'm we, ready for it. We got one left. Next week, we're talking about we link
0: with the larger church. I'm looking forward to that one.